Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano. Oh shit, I went bogan there. And with me as always, we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Yes, hello, bogan from Frankston Way. Uh, hello, listeners. Um, yeah, I'm not happy about something, Dano. I'm pissed with myself. <laughs> Do you want to just... We'll just go straight into that before we say the team of the week. What happened, Pado? I, I traded Jack Steele for Callum Mills. Could see your frustration. Um, that's all I can say, mate. I, I see your yeah, frustration. I mean, well, we've, we saw this. Um, Jack Steele had a big score against a, a, a higher up club earlier in the year. Um, he scored 126 against, then followed up with the 95. So uh, he still only had three tons for the year. So I, I can't judge the trade off one week. <laughs> but fuck, like, it's I, I would have been the second highest in our group um, just behind our leader if it wasn't for that trade. And I would have had two trades left still. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And for listeners at home, Pato also traded out Paddy Cripps, who has, I don't think, dropped below 100 since he traded him out. Try 115 since I traded him out. But anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll go on to the weekly winner. And it's a man who basically knows how to win, Pato. It's... Our mate JP with Ray Magoo, 22, last year's overall Supercoach winner. Uh, he scored a massive 2,647. So uh, who do you have? And there is one player there that is very interesting, Pado. Yeah, still owns Will Ashcroft, which is very interesting, but hard to argue with a 148 against uh, the Waffle team. But Ollie Wines is an interesting own um, by JP, scoring a 110 for him. Still has Chesser and Weddle as his D6 and D7 combination. So you'd think that he's probably going to fix that this week and get a proper D6. Um, but, yeah, golden owner. Canelio finally came good. Rowan Marshall, Dano, 149. Um, yep. Has Jack Steele because he's not a fuckwit. Um, <laughs> has Zach Merritt, who is just on a fucking tear. Um, yeah, everyone else is pretty, pretty vanilla in the team, but... Couple of nice little point of differences there for JP. Yeah, yeah. Going to injuries and suspensions, Pato. Um, I'm going to mention the one that just got announced, and that was Caleb Strong copping a week. I think that's pretty big for a lot of super coaches, especially King Supercoach, who's an avid listener. He traded him in last week, and now he's copped a suspension. So, shit times. Yeah, I know people were sort of convinced that he was um, a good trade-in now. And I know um, Supercoach content creator legend uh, DR um, traded him in last week as well. So really, really unlucky for owners. This wasn't even flagged at the time. Um, well, it didn't even well, – I did the run sheet today and it wasn't even on, on the radar as someone that could miss. But um, obviously very big news. I think he's on 25% or so teams as well, which mm. – Really hurts owners, especially if you are holding on to a Dunkley to to nervously wait. The the news there, um, yeah, twenty percent owned for Caleb Sarong, so really, really unlucky. And he also just scored a ninety as well. It's not like he scored one forty for you before getting suspended. Like ninety is a shit score for this time of year for a primo. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Dunkley, uh, his calf is a test. Uh, he missed last week. Hopefully, it was just the week because they were playing fucking no one. The note. They played no one of note, weren't they? Uh, yeah, they played West Coast on the weekend. Did they? Though? Um, Did they really? No, I'm kidding. It's, no, not really. <laughs> it, it's interesting because I thought this was a corky, um, which is why I was pretty happy to hold on to him. But you don't generally miss two weeks for a corky unless you've been corky by a fucking monster truck or something. So hopefully he plays this week um they've got a bit of a tougher game off the top of my head this week dano and um hopefully he plays against melbourne on friday night yep jordan ridley uh got well came off with a knee and he had his scans and it's just some bone bruising in there pato uh, he could be a cheeky 
chance, according to the Essendon team, to actually play this weekend. I doubt they risk him. Um, I think it'll be a one-weeker. Your thoughts? As someone that has had bone bruising in their knee, um, even if he does play, there's no way he'll be anywhere near as good as he has been in the last four or five weeks because that shit fucking hurts. And, um, I mean, my bone bruising was from my kneecap being out for a solid four hours, but um, obviously Ridley's bone bruising isn't as bad as that, but bone bruising fucking hurts. So surely he doesn't play. Yeah, I don't think they'll risk him. Jakey Lloyd, though, concussed one to two weeks, Pato. Yeah, I, I just want to say, Nank, you fucking idiot. There's there's no room in footy for that. I, I stand by what I said last year and Tom Stewart did it. There needs to be some sort of sending off rule in the AFL, um, whether it's a red card, a sin bin, something of that nature, because I don't want to say that Lloyd going off meant Richmond won the game because it wasn't um, – the game was won in the middle um, and Jake Lloyd wasn't helping that, but – Seems pretty shit if you're a Sydney fan and then Curvis goes on to play a pretty good fucking three quarters after that and Jake Lloyd's struggling with concussion on the bench. So really, really, I, there's no room in 40 for this at all. And um, yeah, then Curvis will deserve every second of his suspension that should probably be four weeks in my eyes. And leads us on to uh, Toby Nan Curvis suspension. Uh, Pato said at least three and now he's upgraded it to at least four. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, well, he's going straight to the the tribunal, the MRO, and we don't have the news yet, but that means at least three. I think it'll be four. Yeah. Will Day, uh, shoulder, played through it, but got to wait for some of that news, Pato. Yep. Um, had a really good game, uh, so was clearly not a trade-out option. Um, yeah, he, he's actually had a really good month if you take away the 65 against Carlton in a game where they got flogged. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Without Sicily. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes with Sicily back in the team. Um, hopefully he can keep getting confidence playing in the middle and getting in the footy. Um, speaking of Sicily, yeah, he is back this week and his break even is fucking disgustingly low. And we will talk about him in trade, uh, Primo Traders. Uh, next one, Matt Kennedy, aka Bam Bam. This one, like as a Bam Bam fan, Nee, uh, don't know how long. He was fucking killing it too. I feel bad for the dude. Yeah, they say it's um, a possible ACL, which is obviously not good news at all. Um, See, I and, heard possible MCL. Yeah, so which is probably he probably still, misses the, probably still misses the season, the rest of this season though, which for a guy coming back from injury, played a really good, what, six weeks or so back into the team, getting those midfield minutes and – a guy that's been hampered by so many injuries, just getting another knee, it really fucking really it, life sucks sometimes. Yep. Angus Sheldrick, uh, ankle, very low time on ground, so it affected him according to Pato's run sheet. Uh test question mark, Pato says. Pato, what do you, is that to sum up everything that you thought? Uh well, I, I was keeping a close eye on him, particularly obviously watching the game as a Richmond fan, because he was my possible loophole. Um to take over Josh Dunkley and played 54% time on ground and missed probably 20 of the fourth, 20, 25 minutes of the fourth quarter. So hopefully it was just because they needed the mature guys in there and he was just sort of benched and it's not um, more indicative of the ankle injury, but we'll know more tomorrow night when the injury list came out. Come out. Yep. Now we're gonna. I'm gonna power through these last ones because we're talking, spending too much time on injuries. The suspensions of these guys don't really matter too much. Lucky Keith hamstring TBA. Uh, Nick Haynes suspension one week. Pato says good for Harry Himmelberg. Stop flogging a dead horse, Pato. Max King <laughs> shoulder for the season and Seb Ross hamstring TBA. And Pato has put in there. I tell, please, <laughs> please, another best on ground performance for Sandy. Yeah, he's got to come in, surely. Um, rookie trade-ins. To be honest, if Bytel plays, surely he's a rookie trade-in. Oh, true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it was the first thing I wrote after the final, please. Um, yeah, three blokes that have just played one game, so that's how bare that cupboard is. Yeah, so we got Cooper Harvey at 117K mid-slash-forward, 52. He got in his first game. Uh, is it Ty Woden or Taj? Taj. Taj. Okay, montage. Oh, there you go. There's a good fucking... Anyway, the uh, Brownlow medalist's yeah. son. 
Brownlow, fake Brownlow medalist son. 123 mid slash forward, scored a 43. And Pato's boy, Sam Banks, 123k defender slash mid, scored a massive out of this world 38. So I want to say I feel like he had a better game than a 38, but anyway. Yep. So that's what we're talking about. Some nice things. Fucking trading these guys in, fucking scraping the bottom bottom of the barrel. But Pato missed out on Bytel. Ah, Pato. We've been asking for Bytel all year, and then the chance that he could actually come in, you forget to put him on. So he's cheap as chips anyway. So monitor the fuck out of that situation. And and constable, hopefully. Oh, imagine the scenes in our freaking Supercoach teams, Pato. I'd probably Seems. contemplate fielding Constable over Sheasel. Yeah, Sheasel's been struggling, man. Yeah. I want um, to trade him out, so he might come good. Well, here's some defensive trade-ins, Pato, if you want to trade <laughs> out Sheasel. <laughs> good segue. James there's Sicily. One, there's one I'm eyeing off hard, and we'll talk about it. So James Sicily, 649K, 113 average, 12% owned, break-even a 63 his role, Pato, was absolutely disgustingly good before he did the dumb fuckery that he did. Um, does. Yeah, that he does, sorry. Yeah, I, I know a lot of teams are looking to bring him in. He could be over 700K very quickly. Very, yeah. Probably this week, playing against North, picking off everything that they put inside 50. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you can afford it... Um, I probably wouldn't go with Dunkley to Sicily. I know there's some people talking about doing that. But if you can somehow make Sicily work in your team, uh, he will 100% like raise you up the ranks because he'll almost be a POD at 12%. Um, that will go up, obviously, this week. Um, and he'll win you matchups as well because you'll come up in league finals and stuff against teams that have just cooked their trades and they simply can't afford Sicily. So... If you can make the funds work, Sicily is a brilliant trade-in, but very expensive. Yeah, I love this because Pato reluctantly put this next bloke on the run sheet, did not give him a write-up at all other than one (laughs) sentence, which I'll read out. So it's Luke Ryan at 587K, 113 average, 29% owned, 71 break-even, and all Pato wrote is maybe he isn't a fake primo, dot, 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 dot. Pato. How are you yeah, yeah, so, dropping that? Uh, apart, yeah, apart from that sort of four-week span where he went 85, 84, 91, 83, um, the rest of the year is actually really <laughs> good, and he has a high ceiling. So the, the, the frustrating thing is, I, like, I watched the end of this game yesterday, and like, it was like Luke Ryan was sitting there with COVID, and no one would go near him, and he was just fucking picking off everything. Very frustrating as a non-owner. Um, 30% of teams feels a little low as well. So, yeah, great, great kind of like light POD. Um, yeah, 113 average is the third highest ranking, uh, third highest averaging defender. So he'd be Aver- top six. Average is pretty much the same as James Sicily, Pato. No, it is the same. There you go. Sam Doherty, 546K, 101 average, 8% on 93 break even. Um, I didn't really, to be honest, pay attention to Sam Doherty. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was more so shattered about Matt Kennedy and his knee. So, Pato, what what role did Sam Doherty play for the Blues? So he played a wing role, which he he's got a history before he moved into the sort of midfield of playing wing and scoring okay because he's, he's he's good at footy if anyone hasn't noticed. But it's not the half-back role that we want. And, look, in this role, if it's going to stick, because Sam Walsh got moved into the midfield, which is obviously very good for owners, um, oh, even though he didn't pick up forward status again. Um, but Doherty in this role, I, I, I feel like he's got a high floor and probably a low ceiling. So he'll get you 95 to sort of 110 every week pretty comfortably with the odd spike game if he kicks a goal or two, if this role sticks. So, obviously, Voss is trying some things, um, and they've won a few games on the trot now, so I can't see them changing too much from now. Um, He may pick up a few CBAs with Kennedy going down, but it all depends on who they bring in. But, yeah, Doherty, I don't think, is a horrible trade-in for the price. Now, Haddo has done a very 
interesting POD in 0.4% of teams. Sorry, I'm drinking while I'm doing this. I'm going to have another 747 teams he's in. Yep, yep. 483K, 97 average with a break-even 113. Pato, why should people consider Jeremy McGovern, who we are talking about? Because he's had... He's played four games this year, which um, doesn't sound like a positive because it's not. <laughs> but the four games, if my fucking super coach would work, the four games are 108 and 116 in round one and two. An injury affected 48 where he went down in the second quarter. Second quarter. Yep. And a 116 in three quarters against Brisbane last week in his first game back. Yeah. It could be one of those golden goose moments. Like it's... It's crazy, like crazy, crazy. Um, he's in 12 teams out of the top 5%, so 0.1%. Like this is chips on the table. Like I'm sitting about 5K. I'm, I'm honestly thinking of using my last trade, going fuck it and bring in Jeremy McGovern for Harry Sheasel and Ooh. living with the result. I've got Ooh. cover, so I can cover if McGovern goes down for the season. He needs to get through seven weeks. Okay, we know how bad West Coast are. We know how much, like, teams average about 30 shots on goal against West Coast. And if that's 15 goals and 15 behinds, that's a lot of time in defense. Um, They went into damage control on the weekend against Brisbane, where Brisbane kicked, like, eight goals in the first quarter, and they started chipping it around. They started doing what Frio do um, to damage control, so just chipping it to each other. Uh, McGovern is obviously a, a, one of the best intercept defenders when healthy in the league. And, I mean, three scores of 100 in his non-injury-affected games um, this season, like, has a potential to go sort of 140-plus in big spike games. Was amongst kick-ins as well. I think he had six kick-ins on the weekend, I know, and their, their highest was like nine. So, obviously, this is mental. Absolutely mental. And... Would I be shocked if he does a fucking calf next week? No. <laughs> yeah. But he plays Richmond this week, Dano. He's actually got a really good run home. So he plays Richmond this week where I'm. he should get 120. Yeah. At least. Um, then plays Carlton, who just conceded 170 to fucking Luke Ryan. <laughs> North <laughs> Melbourne, who will probably concede to 170 to Luke Ryan this weekend. I'm pretty sure they play. Then plays Essendon. That's a t- sort of a tough matchup. Frio, kind of tough matchup, although had... Uh, that was the injury affected 48. Um, dogs love to spray it inside. And Adelaide, that's probably a tough matchup in round 24. But when you consider the interceptability of Jeremy McGovern. With the kick-ins. With kick-ins. With the chip mark sort of style. Loves a kick. Loves an intercept mark. Mature body. High injury risk. But could average 120 for the se- last seven games of the year, don't it? I'm going to say something that I think Scobie's going to say. Is there something to do with Barras? He's just an older Barras. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually don't mind it. And the fact the fact that 0.1%, so there's 12 teams in the top 1K or whatever it is. 5K. Um, in the top 5K have actually considered Jeremy McGovern. I don't mind it. There's um, one team in the top 1% with him. Wow. Yeah, right. Hectic and- shit. For someone like me that's sitting about 5K, you may as well do something crazy like this that is actually going to be a potential, like, springboard. It will just catapult you. Like, there might be a week where McGovern goes 160 and someone like Bailey Dale might be a POD for for, for your opponent or Jack Sinclair even might go in 85 and all of a sudden there's, there's a plus 60 swing, plus 70 swing. And that can be, like, that is so close up the top, that could be the difference. Yeah. yeah, It's no, crazy. And I said that before I mentioned it. It's, it's absolutely crazy. But yeah. it could be one of those crazy things that somehow pull off. You know, it was crazy at the start of the season, starting Luke Ryan. So I get it. Sometimes crazy is good. Golden goose moments. Anyway, Sometimes you've got to swing for the heavens and you might strike out, but you might also find a golden nugget. We'll move on to the midfielders, Pato. Here's a golden nugget for you. His name's Darcy Parrish at 582k, 110 average. In only 2% of fucking teams, Pato. 76 break even. He's got 115 average since returning. Good value, man. Fucking my seal of approval. And then he fucking went down, but he's back again. <laughs> yeah, They're very, Don- very 
good POD here. 4.8% of teams in the top 5%. So there's your POD value there. Huge. I can't see him getting tagged either, Dano, because Zach Merritt is possibly making a late run to the Brownlow, like probably to finish second um, um, because no one's I'll, catching Disco Dacos. I'll give you a quick rundown on Merritt. Um, I think it was like the last four or five weeks he's actually rated the number one player in the comp. Yeah, he's, his form is unreal. Yeah. So I can't see Parrish getting tagged. So uh, I, yeah. I can see him going 120, 125 for the last seven weeks of this season. And, yeah, we know he's a proven scorer. Essendon are actually looking good, so they're making a run to finals. Um, yeah, 2% overall owned. Um, probably It's late. Like, he's gone up a bit in the last couple of weeks, but it's not too – he's still under 600K. And, look, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm, I, I want Parrish. It sucks the strategy at the start of the year when we're like, we'll go hard like people did last year, and then it backfires. And really, the slow burn was the play, Pato. Hindsight, eh? Um, well, that, that's the thing, though, because last year was a real, like, mid-price, um, aggressive trade sort of year. And this year is, like, you ha- you really had to avoid the mid-price. There was a couple. Um, but no. people that started Hopper, it kind of backfired. Like, there were a few mid-price, but you just had to nail the right mid-prices, which is obviously really hard. Um but holding on to like if you're sitting on six trades now, like you are fucking laughing and you are going to actually shoot up the rankings. Now it might be too late, but it can happen. Yep. One of the ones that I traded in and, and I've been happy with the last couple of weeks. Sorry, I burped. Um Luke Davies Uniac at 524k, 108 average, 5% owned 72. Um break even he's got. He fucking went slutty um against the demons with a 134. And he actually, you know, the scary thing is, Pato, in the second quarter, I thought he was quiet and he still got a 134. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was quiet. That's that second quarter, John put on an absolute clinic. Yeah. And they play the Hawks and the Eagles still, too. So, yep. two winnable Until the games. Next three weeks. Two winnable games. He's ceiling as high as fuck as we know. And yeah. they actually play against a lot of the teams that concede really high midfield. Opposition scores. Hawthorne's probably the exception there. They actually do concede lower scores to star midfielders. But you look at the Saints, Eagles, Demons, Bombers, Tigers, Suns. Like, that's a pretty good fucking run for a midfielder. And he's not playing anywhere else but midfield unless he's injured. So another one of those really nice PODs. There's probably not as much risk associated as a McGovern, obviously. Um, but Davis Uniac's only in 2% of the top 5% of teams. So mm. another one, um, and at 60K less than Parrish, I really like LDU, um, and he's absolutely on my – I hope his average is low so I can start him next year at really good value, but yeah. I think LDU finishes really strong this year. I fucking hope he does. <laughs> I got him at like, what, 480K or whatever it was. Fucking magic man. Yeah, I mean, they got pumped and he scored 134, which is – Really good, obviously. In a in a very quiet second quarter too. Imagine if he played good in the second quarter. Could have been one fifty. Who knows? Um <laughs> Sam Walsh is another one. Five thirty one K, a hundred and five average, twelve percent owned, eighty six break even. Um with Kennedy being out, Pato, more CBAs opened up. I feel this is gonna sound weird, but I actually feel with the emergence of Chera, if Walsh goes into the middle, he will actually score better. Like more permanently in the middle, like I feel like the one nineteen isn't going to be reflective of what he can put out if he keeps getting those CBAs. Yeah, I, for what it's worth, this felt like a really low score for what um, Walsh did. Now he had twenty one handballs in his thirty two touches, um, but when it's seventy five percent, thirteen of his possessions were contested. Um, had five turnovers, but had seven score involvements and six intercepts. So. That usually does result in a higher score than what what he got. So hopefully the role does stick. Now they should regain a ruckman this week, Dana. Whether that's De Koning, who is not really a ruckman, um, but at least will give them somewhat first use instead of Darcy, who had over twenty hitouts to advantage and about sixty overall hitouts. So um, yeah, I, I feel like that midfield brigade has 
a bit of um, growth in their scoring with a with a proper ruckman in there. Yeah, I agree. Now we got two more blokes. One Pat, I forgot to put on the run sheet. Um, both players all looked over. Both players, Pato has traded out and they've slotted it up since. Um, Jack Steele at 474K. Um, I don't even know what the fuck Patrick Cripps is now, Pato, because you love him all. But both of them are actually like Patrick Cripps has been tracking well since you've traded. <laughs> and good old Jack Steele yeah. with the big 140 plus. Oh. So Cripps is literally averaging 113 since I traded him out um, and had three three tons in that time. <laughs> I'd actually be insane, four, Patrick Cripps at the moment. Yeah, 498,000 for Cripps, so under 500K in 16% of teams with a break-even of 63. Now, he does have a tough matchup this week against Port Adelaide, um, but then has a nice game against... West Coast after that. So probably scores 250 in the next two weeks and maybe 80 of those against Port Adelaide. So it hurts. Um, and so does the other guy we want to talk about. Yeah, I'm not – I'm. It's I own Jack Steele and I'm not going to tell people to trade him in, <laughs> to be honest. You'd, you'd surely want to see it at least another week. I jumped on after one good score and got a 95 doubled <laughs> – um, after that Port Adelaide game, you'd want to see it a lot more than that than what he did. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, just but he's still great value. We oh. know how good he can be. Um, yeah, break even a forty-five, so he probably sits at about four hundred k. If he does another one hundred odd, uh, then you could look at him. Yeah. Um, we'll go on to the ruck line. Um, Sorry, just really- quickly, I I, yep. I did leave off Callum Mills. I still think he's an okay option. Um, he's in 11% of teams now and at 427,000. Um, that calf looks fine. The roll still looks fine. He's still playing inside midfield. So I feel like he does come good and possibly round out the year with some high scores, although Sydney do look pretty poor at the moment. So we'll see what they do with that. But it's someone that can go 110 for the rest of the year. Yep, got him on my bench. It was good cover this week. Um, so it, And that's the reason why we were talking about him at the 400K range. You put him in at fucking M9, and then, oh, look, Dunkley's out. Fucking, okay. Or if Dunkley's in your mids, or as I did, switched him from forward to midfield bench and put Mills on the field. And, like, Mil- Mills and Steele, if you've got them both, they can go hand in hand with... Um, like looping either one of them um, and good cover in case someone is injured and you don't feel like using a trade or you can't use a trade. So I'm all for having Mills mainly because I'm biased and I have him. Um, Ruckline, Paddo. Sean Darcy. Yeah, so I actually, yeah, we need to talk about Sean Darcy. I need to apologize. I probably should have should have mentioned him last week. I didn't realize I own him and I didn't realize he was under 500,000 because of that 39 he had against Melbourne in the injury game. Um, his ownership in the top 5% is crazy low. 1.7. 1.7, Dano. And this is someone that has the scoring potential to be the highest scoring ruck for the next seven weeks. Yeah. Yep. He's and I think if, if you are going, someone... Yep. Go. Um, I'm just saying we haven't said his price or anything. So he's 527K listeners, 107 average, 5% owned overall, and he's got a 32 break even. If you are someone that has trades and has the ability to luxury trade, I can honestly see him outscoring any of the other rocks. And that includes Tim English, Dono. Fair. And it includes your boy Briggs. Fair who I did mention that I think Darcy was going to outscore Briggs. Who was cheaper. <laughs> Correct. But I turned Briggs into a primo. But anyway, we're not going into that. Um, <laughs> Back over 100, I, baby. <laughs> I just feel like when you're looking at PODs, um, Sean Darcy has gone 125, 145 in his last two games with going going 50-plus hitouts and has a, obviously a really high ceiling. Um, and you add to that, like his run home is juicy as fuck for Ruckman. So he plays against 
Cox and Cameron this week, Collingwood. Then plays against Sydney, which is very juicy. Then plays against Geelong down in Geelong. So that's probably the only one where you look at it and go, oh, that's not a great matchup. Then he plays Brisbane in Perth. Then, Dano, then. Then. West Coast, Port Adelaide. There you have Supercoach Finals, and then obviously the Supercoach Grand Finals against Hawthorne in round 24. Am I crazy to suggest, Dano, that he could average, honestly, 130 for those seven games? I'd say 120. Still big. 120 is still pretty fucking good. Yeah. And when you add in the fact that he's in just not even 2% of teams in the top 5% and 1%, um, there's a POD factor. Yeah. All he has to do is outscore English by 10 every week and you've got 70 more points. And that could be the difference between 1K and 100. Now, that's how close it is because everyone's team is a fucking same. Now, Pato, I love that suggestion. I don't love this next one. If I'm Soldo, 297K, rack slash forward, 85 average, 0.5% owned, 31 break even. You're going, yeah, he'll play number one for the next three to four weeks. I think we've flogged him last time and he just went to shit. So no, I'm not, I'm no, not a fan of this him. one. We flogged him. I was literally going to trade him in as rock cover and it came out that he'd redone his foot and he missed another month. But he'll come in and play the number one rock roll for the next month. It's so bad. Put 85 in his one game in that role. I would prefer this guy at 300K covering my ruck line than Darcy Cameron at 463K, who is in 72% of the teams in the top 1%, scoring 80s. Yeah. I'm not I'm not for it. I'm not for I it. I think Soldo will score the same as Darcy Cameron for cheaper. I'm still not for it. I'm not for Darcy Fair. Cameron either. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh Forward. I'll move on to the I'll move on to the forward line. So the guy that I was I was saying previously that I was eye fucking the shit out of. Um, and he's still got another big price drop is Jeremy Cameron, 395k, 87 average in 10% of teams. Still Pato. And a big 176 break even. He like this surely he doesn't hit 170 this week. And even if he does, he stays around the same price anyway. So Yeah, I can't see him going that big against Essendon, honestly. Um in just 2% of teams in the top 5%, there's a trend here, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to find you players that will make a difference. We're not going to suggest the same old vanilla picks that everyone's bringing in. We're going to give you some options and we'll change your super coach fortunes um, if you're making a late run for cash leagues or rank or whatever. Um, Soldo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Jeremy Cameron, 2% of teams um, was scoring really well early in the year scoring some really high scores. So if you can get him in even as an F7 and just loophole him, they'll have a lot of early games because DeLong are the reigning premiers. Um, really, really attractive. So don't hate it. You could do worse. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna do my really fucking out there one, Pato, who's no. not on your run sheet. And we spoke about him previously. Since he's had his role change, he's gone 80, 103, 102, and 75. But I don't think he's dropped below 30 disposals. And that's Liam Henry. At Frio. He's three yeah, three hundred and seventy-one K mid forward. And I'm honestly liking the fuck out of him as like a bench cover between mid and forward line. I don't hate it. He's playing a bit of a wing sort of half back role, getting up and down that those up, up to stadium wings. I feel like we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. You don't think we mentioned him, but regardless, um I don't hate it. One of those really weird sort of forwards that got turned into a wing slash halfback a la Daniel Rioli. So he'll be a little bit up and down with his scoring. Obviously, hasn't played this role a great deal. The 75 came in a pretty heavy loss and back-to-back tons before that. He's still getting over 30 disposals every, um, every game last four. Like that game where he got the 80, he got 32 disposals. He equaled Caleb Sarong, who got the highest in that. They both got the highest in that game, so... Like, the role is fucking there. And he even has shots on goal, Pato. He's just got to translate yeah. that AFL fantasy score into super coach scoring. Yeah, I don't hate it at the price and, and really good sort of midfield forward coverage there for DPP. Yep, yep. Now, Pato, our last forward uh, is your boy, your love child. Well, not really love child. Is he <laughs> older than you? Yeah, he probably is. The one that you cream over. That's your dusty bun. 
Dustin Martin at 434K, 85 average, 5% owned, which I'm actually surprised by, um, 30 break even. Why are we thinking about turning back the clock with old Dusty Bun? This looks like a newly motivated Dusty. And if Richmond are going to make a run to finals, I think he and Shay Bolton, who probably was a bit stiff not to get a mention in this episode, don't know, um, will have a big part of that. And 131 against the Swans on Thursday night looked like he was back to just doing whatever is needed. And he went wherever he wanted, and that wouldn't be a coach's directive. That would just be him being like, I'm dusty. I'll go wherever I want. And um very that he has West and Hawthorne in his next two. And then Melbourne who don't tag. So could could have a few monster games coming up. And very cheap. Very, very good value for what we know he can produce. So um yeah. It, I guess it all depends on whether people think Richmond can actually make a run to finals. Because if they if we lose a couple, then we're pretty cooked. But we win the next two. We're probably in the eight coming up against Melbourne Dogs and Kilda in three really important games. So yeah, we could could pull off another one of those um, yes hail mary sort of picks. Yeah, he's cheap as fuck, so I don't mind it as long as long as you reckon that he will be up there. And he'll do his shit. Yeah, um, in just 18 teams in the top 5% at 0.2%. So huge. There's your POD. Yeah. Now we'll go on to question time now, Pato. We'll start on Twitter because there's just one bloke with five fucking questions. <laughs> and that's Scoby. We love you, Scoby. Okay, so the first question he has is, is Jack Steele back? Yes or no, Pato? Fuck you. <laughs> I say wait and see. Question two, he goes, why is Johnny Bairstow such a fucking darrow? Because he's a pomp. Number three, it's still school holidays and Jakey Stringer is playing like a pleb. Normally he's red hot on the school holidays. That's my fucking gag. You see, it was the end of the school (laughs) holidays, so he's a bit sad that his girlfriend has to go back to school. Oh, shit. Number four, has anyone found Josh Kelly yet? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Did he even get tagged, I know. I don't think so. I think he just oh, had a man. Yeah. I know he's um, playing a wing role, but he doesn't usually go this bad on a wing. He at least gets to a sort of 80 or 90, usually. Dude, he gets in the teens at least. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Oh, actually, no, I think he I think he had Finn Callahan following him around. Finn Callahan plays for the Giants. Uh, McGuinness, I meant Finn McGuinness. Fuck. Who names a kid <laughs> Finn, by the way? Finn. That's a fucking dolphin, not a not a human. Fish lovers. Um, number five. Uh, Dacos Brownlow by how much? You know. I don't reckon he will. Imagine if he tackles someone, Dano. <laughs> Slinger. And does a Caleb Sarong and gets a one-week suspension in like round 22. And Zach Merritt gets second, does a Stephen Bradbury. No, I, I reckon Petrarca's actually a sneaky chance. No, I, I, Taranto is the sneaky chance, I think. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. We will. But Facebook time. So Pantelis uh, says, how good is my draft forward line out of 10? By the way, I won this week. His draft forward line is Hawkins with a 78, Jakey Stringer with a 32, Mason Cox with a 30, Brody Kemp with a 26, and Kaziah Pickett with a 23. That is disgusting. How the fuck did you win? Jesus. His mids and defense must be stacked. Has to be. Yeah. Baden. Got three trades left and chaos all around me. He's got Ridley and Lloyd and also has Warner still a bit iffy. Should he trade or hold a verdict for those three? He's only got Mullen and Dev Robertson as cover. Yeah, that is very tough. I'd hold Rids. Well, how far off is I'd hold. See, I'd hold Lloyd because Ridley, you don't know whether he's going to play with a bad knee for the rest of the year with bruising. And Chad Warner is surely not that far from returning. So you, which one do you say? You just reckon trade one of them, not two? If he's trading, it's going to have to be a defender so you're not having a donut this week. He's got Mullen. 
Yeah, Mullen to cover one of them, but not oh, two. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. So Dev Rob is fine enough one week cover for Warner still. Mm. So between, yeah. I feel like the trade, because they're so short term, I'd, I'd hate to see Baden trade out one of them and then get an, a long term injury that he can't cover. Well, even if he does one trade this week, he's still got two. So just bring in Jeremy McGovern. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh fuck. Um Ian goes, I'm holding dunks. Wondering if it's worth using two trades with Melican and Fife out uh, to bring in Sicily and then a 102k defender slash forward. This will allow yes. me to have Himmelberg forward for Dunkley and we'll have Will Day, Himmelberg, and Johnson as bench cover once Dunkley returns. This will only yes. leave me with two trades though. Yes. I'm saying yes. Is there any 102k defender or forward that will actually fucking play? No, but it doesn't matter because you've got Himmelberg covering <sighs> as a floating cover. Yeah, true. I think there's a West Coast rookie that is actually quite popular in ownership. Um, Dewar, I think his name is. Yeah, he's in 10% of the top 5% teams. Um, Tyrell Dewar sounds like an American, so maybe he's a next gen, uh, not a next gen, a um. Category, category whatever, yeah. Yeah, um, but defence forward. Yeah, okay. Mm, yeah, I reckon I, if it's going to bring Sicily in, Fife's yeah. out for the season. Malikin's scoring okay, but if you can turn Malikin into fucking Sicily and change your, your 300K donut for a 102K donut, that actually allows you to move Himmelberg around as cover. Yeah, okay. We just bring in Jeremy McGovern. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Liam goes, I've got Seamus Mitchell, D7, F7. Should I trade him to a basement price rookie, leaving no defense coverage, but then upgrading Sheasel and Zebel in the next two weeks or just hold on to the trades? I've got five trades left. I feel like you need defensive cover. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think you need the cover. Um, Even if you go Mitchell down to a cover, if you need the cash, and then you could go Zebel up this week. Zebul is cooked. I'll, I'll be shocked if he plays this week, even as a sub. So Mitchell down to a, a Banks and then Zebul up to a Jeremy McGovern and then um, you got the <laughs> you got the <laughs> trades to cover. <laughs> now, I, I want to say Lloyd, Lloydy will not, <laughs> will not listen to me on another West Coast defender, um, but Liam might. Oh, fuck it. I'm deadly oh. serious, though. I'm, I'm thinking about fucking it and just – Going Sheasel to McGovern. Okay. Well, we're not called the Super Coach Co Captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. Uh, we've had a few people mention us in some spacey groups, Pato, about VC and C options, and we're nailing them. So that was pretty fucking cool looking at those tags. Um, well, Thursday night game this week Thursday at the SCG, Sydney versus Western Bulldogs. Who you got in this one? And are there any left fielders? Is English count as a left fielder? Um, no, nah, not really. Not really. Go, go your stock standards then. I'm just going to double check something. See, I, I, have, a, I have a bit of a, a theory here, and and credit to JB from Dr. Supercoach. He does a, a captain video every week on YouTube. You can definitely go check that out. Um, but he mentions targeting your high-ceiling guys as your VC. Um, because if you VC Bontempelli in this game and he gets 120, you kind of have to take it, and you may as well swing for a higher ceiling game. Um, and I went Dacos last week as my VC last week over Bontempelli, who I was originally planning on, and sure, it, it was only a 16-point difference, but I would have taken Bontempelli, and I was fairly confident that Neil would go 130-plus. So <laughs> I feel like you should try and target the higher ceiling guys, and that's why I don't love anyone from this game. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you don't think... There's a guy guy I'm eyeing off in the Friday night game. Okay, fair enough. I actually just wanted to double-check someone's uh, scoring history against their opponent, and it's pass. So that's all good. All right. Then Pato's taking other people's advice. I'll just give you some stock standard ones because we're going to give you some from pretty much nearly every round. Uh, Bontempelli. <laughs> Hopefully, Lukey Parker bounces back. Hopefully, fucking Jack McRae does. 
Jesus Christ. Um, Errol Gordon has a, a sure thing. Errol Gordon has a shocking history against the Western Bulldogs, by the way. Um, so prepare for pain. Friday, it's Melbourne versus the Lions. This is gonna be an interesting one. So who's the guy you eye fucking, Pato? Lockie Neal. Okay. If Jack Steele on one knee can score 140 against Melbourne, and there's plenty of occasions where opposition star mids are going like bonkers against Melbourne, um, Neil could go 160. Find it interesting because looking at Neil's previous scoring history against Melbourne, it's nothing flash. True. I'm just having a look at Petrarca's right now because Petrarca's isn't flash either. Yeah, they've earmarked Petrarca as a forward role, though, so I don't know if you can go there confidently, especially against Brisbane, even at the G. So I'm not really liking this game either. I like Neil as a VC. Yeah, fair. With, with the scores that Melbourne are conceding, um, Tom Green went 128 in the, his only good game in the last month. Like, guys are going big. I feel like you could do a VC. Oh no! Well, it'd be tough to do a VC on the the Saturday game between Collingwood and Frio because straight after it is a lot of people's loophole plays at the Suns and St Kilda, well, which is pretty much Saturday at the same night. time. Actually, I should say Madden plays Saturday night. What? Nick Madden plays Saturday night. Oh yeah, true, true. Sorry, I thought you were saying Friday night for some reason. I'm like, what? No, Saturday night. So, yeah, yeah. I see. Drury plays on Sunday. I know there's teams that have Drury still. Um, if you've got that that um, Tyrell West Coast player, he's the last game of the round. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Collingwood versus Frio on the Saturday. This would be an interesting game. Um, feel like Frio try and run with Dacos, and it won't really work because. He's he's formed, I know. He's he's gone to the midfield and gone another level again. Nick Dacos averages sixty five against Frio in one game. Still sixty five, which was his tenth game of AFL footy. Still sixty five. I'm just I'm just saying the facts right now, Pato. Nick Dacos is a nice VC option. The tantalising scoring history. Now nah, he should go good. The other one I like in this game, Dano, is someone that scored 134 against Collingwood last year, and that is the Shrek man, Sean Darcy. Yeah. You don't like the most one of the most informed defenders in the comp? <laughs> <laughs> Lukey Ryan. No, uh, not many people have Darcy Moore. <laughs> no, mate, <laughs> Sam Taylor. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Not, no one else? No. No, Okay. Caleb, so oh wait, racial? Ah, no, I don't. No, I couldn't safely or confidently do that. Um, Gold Coast versus St Kilda at two ten pm. Do it, Jack Steele. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really. Um, if you've got a Noah Anderson, I actually don't mind a cheeky VC in this one from Noah Anderson. Yeah, I don't mind it. Maybe a Sinclair as well if he has one of those random spike games. But I, I think there's much better options. You're feeling risky. Won't surprise me if he comes out with like one of those big 160-odd games. Um, Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Yeah, this one's actually tough. Can I say no one? To be honest, I don't actually like too many in it. I Kind of rosy. I don't think we'll go as big as some of the other guys. Watch him go like 140-odd now I've said that. Yeah, always. <laughs> that uh, Geelong versus Essendon at GMHBA Stadium. Uh, Stadium. Merit's Parish. the obvious one. Parish. Although it does probably get attention. Parish. Um, which yeah leads me to Parish. Um, isn't he a Geelong boy as well? Dusty Mate, Parish? he he had that massive fucking game against Geelong that time too. It's like one ninety or whatever it was. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he's he was a Geelong grammar boy. Um. But yeah, I, I like Parrish because I feel like Geelong will put a lot of effort into merit and Parrish will just take the piss there. Remember the days where we used to confidently say Geelong players for VCs and Cs and now we don't even consider Tom Stewart? Tom Stewart's another, like, I think safe 115, 120-plus guy. So if you're looking for a safety net in as your captain, I like Stewart, but there's probably a better option in the other game. Adelaide versus Giants at Adelaide Oval. Rory Laird. 
coming off his 50 in round one. Coming off his what? His 50 against him in round one. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I like Laird or Dawson. Um, the Giants aren't locking down at all, so I feel like they'll both kind of have a bit of a day out. Yeah, yep, agreed. Agreed. Um, Josh Kelly coming off his massive six disposals. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless we see a midfield role. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, we'll go on to Sunday. North Melbourne versus Hawthorne at Marvel. LDU? Sicily? Yeah, Sicily's the obvious one. I like LDU in this one too. This, this could be a 150 Sicily score. Yeah. No one else? It's going to be hard to watch as a non-Sicily owner. Mm. West Coast versus Richmond at Optus. It's got to be Tim Taranto. Is the obvious one. He's had a couple of down games, so I feel like he might be ready just to bounce back a little bit. Um, one eighteen against them earlier this year, although by memory that was a very wet game. This should be nice and dry over in Perth. Um, just looking up his history at Perth, he averages ninety three. So, not not doesn't feel either with the most confidence, but it's West Coast. Um, they're playing eighteen year old in there. He could have thirty five and three. Um, that's the sort of game that Toronto could have. Um, <laughs> ditto for Shea Bolton is another one that. Actually likes playing in WA. He is a WA boy. Um, I think for memory, had a very big game against them last time as well. Yeah, 152 in round eight against them. So do like Shea Bolton in this one as well. I'm going to f- just check something, Pato, but I might throw a real random one out there for you. Yeah, I'll throw an even more random one out there. Ivan Soldo. I was actually going to say Dustin Martin. Yeah, him too. No, I couldn't, would not fill me with confidence picking him as a captain. But YOLO, no, no, random no. swag. <laughs> uh, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? It's at P A T O S triple C. Mine is at D A N E O S triple C. So from us at the Super Coach Co Captains, I'm Dano. Oh, it cut out then, but it was Pato, and this is us signing the fuck off. Fucking internet connections.